The Passion of Our Lord Jesus Christ According to John Jesus left with his disciples and crossed the Kedron Valley. There was a garden there, and he went into it with his disciples. Judas the traitor knew the place well, since Jesus had often met his disciples there, and he brought the cohort to this place together with a detachment of guards sent by the chief priests and the Pharisees, all with lanterns and torches and weapons. Knowing everything that was going to happen to him, Jesus then came forward and said, Who are you looking for? They answered, Jesus, the Nazarene. He said, I am he. Now Judas the traitor was standing among them. When Jesus said, I am he, they all moved back and fell to the ground. He asked them a second time, Who are you looking for? They said, Jesus, the Nazarene. Jesus replied, I have told you that I am he. If I am the one you are looking for, let these others go. This was to fulfill the words he had spoken. Not one of those you gave me have I lost. Simon Peter, who carried a sword, drew it and wounded the high priest's servant, cutting off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword back into its scabbard. Am I not to drink the cup that the Father has given me? The cohort and its captain and the Jewish guards seized Jesus and bound him. They took him first to Annas, because Annas was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was the high priest that year. It was Caiaphas who had suggested to the Jews it is better for one man to die for the people. Simon Peter, with another disciple, followed Jesus. This disciple was known to the high priest, went, in with, went with Jesus into the high priest's palace, but Peter stayed outside the door. So the other disciple, the one known to the high priest, went out, spoke to the woman who was keeping the door, and brought Peter in. The maid on duty at the door said to Peter, Aren't you another of that man's disciples? He answered, I am not. Now it was cold, and the servants and guards had lit a charcoal fire and were standing there warming themselves so that Peter stood there too, warming himself with the others. The high priest questioned Jesus about his disciples and his teaching. Jesus answered, I have spoken openly for all the world to hear. I have always taught in the synagogue and in the temple where all the Jews meet together. I have said nothing in secret. 
But why ask me? Ask my hearers what I taught. They know what I said. At these words, one of the guards standing by Jesus standing by, gave Jesus a slap in his face, saying, Is that the way to answer the high priest? Jesus replied, If there is something wrong in what I said, point it out. But if there is no offence in it, why do you strike me? And Annas sent him still bound to Caiaphas the high priest. As Simon Peter stood there warming himself, someone said to him, aren't you another of his disciples? He denied it, saying, I am not. One of the high priest's servants, a relation of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, said, didn't I see you in the garden with him? Again, Peter denied it, and at once a cock crew. They then led Jesus from the house of Caiaphas to the Praetorium. It was, not, it was now morning. They did not go into the Praetorium themselves, or they would be defiled and unable to eat the Passover. So Pilate came outside to them and said, What charge do you bring against this man? They replied, If he were not a criminal, we should not be handing him over to you. Pilate says, Take him yourselves and try him by your own law. The Jews answered, We are not allowed to put a man to death. This was to fulfill the words Jesus had spoken, indicating the way he was going to die. So Pilate went back into the praetorium and called Jesus to him and asked, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus replied, Do you ask this of your own accord, or have others spoken to you about me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Does your own people and the chief priests who have handed you over to me, what have you done? Jesus replied, Mine is not a kingdom of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my men would have fought to prevent me being surrendered to the Jews. But my kingdom is not of this kind. Pilate said, So you are a king then? Jesus answered, It is you who say it. Yes, I am a king. I was born for this. I came into the world for this, to bear witness to the truth. And all who are on the side of the truth listen to my voice. Pilate said, Truth? What is that? And with that he went out again to the Jews and said, I find no case against him, but according to a custom of yours I should release one prisoner at the Passover. Would you like me then to release the king of the Jews? At this they shouted, Not this man, but Barabbas. 
Barabbas was a brigand. Pilate then had Jesus taken away and scourged. And after this, the soldiers twisted some thorns into a crown and put it on his head and dressed him in a purple robe. They kept coming up to him and saying, Hail, King of the Jews! And they slapped him in the face. Pilate came out again and said to them, Look, I'm going to bring him out to you and let you see that I find no case. Jesus then came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said, Here is the man. When they saw him, the chief priests and the guards shouted, Crucify him! Crucify him! Pilate said, Take him yourselves and crucify him. I can find no case against him. The Jews replied, We have a law, and according to the law he ought to die because he is claimed to be the Son of God. When Pilate heard them say this, his fears increased. Re-entering the praetorium, he said to Jesus, Where do you come from? But Jesus made no answer. Pilate then said to him, Are you refusing to speak to me? Surely you know I have the power to release you, and I have the power to crucify you. Jesus replied, You would have no power over me if it had not been given you from above. That is why the one who handed me over to you has the greater guilt. From that moment, Pilate was anxious to set him free, but the Jews shouted, If you set him free, you are no friend of Caesar's. Anyone who makes himself king is defying Caesar. Hearing these words, Pilate had Jesus brought out and seated himself on the chair of judgment at a place called the pavement, in Hebrew, Gabbatha. It was Passover preparation day, about the sixth hour. Pilate said to the Jews, here is your king. They said, take him away, take him away, crucify him. Pilate said, do you want me to crucify your king? The chief priests answered, we have no king except Caesar. So in the end, Pilate handed him over to them to be crucified. They then took charge of Jesus and carrying his own cross, he went out of the city to the place of the skull, or as it was called in Hebrew, Golgotha, where they crucified him with two others, one on either side with Jesus in the middle. Pilate wrote out a notice 
and had it fixed to the cross. It ran, Jesus the Nazarene, the King of the Jews. The notice was read by many of the Jews because the place where Jesus was crucified was not far from the city. And the writing was in Hebrew, Latin and Greek. So the chief Jewish chief priests said to Pilate, You should not write King of the Jews, but this man said, I am the King of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers had finished crucifying Jesus, they took his clothing and divided it into four shares, one for each soldier. His undergarment was seamless, woven in one piece from neck to hem. So they said to one another, instead of tearing it, let's throw dice to decide who is to have it. In this way, the words of Scripture were fulfilled. They shared out my clothing among them. They cast lots for my clothes. This is exactly what the soldiers did. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother and his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary of Magdala. Seeing his mother and the disciple he loved standing near her, Jesus said to his mother, Woman, this is your son. Then to the disciple he said, This is your mother. And from that moment the disciple made a place for her in his home. After this, Jesus knew that everything had now been completed. And to fulfill the scripture perfectly, he said, I am thirsty. A jar full of vinegar stood there, so putting a sponge soaked in vinegar on a hyssop stick, they held it up to his mouth. After Jesus had taken the vinegar, he said, It is accomplished. And bowing his head, he gave up the spirit. It was preparation day. And to prevent the bodies remaining on the cross during the Sabbath, since that Sabbath was a day of special solemnity, the Jews asked Pilate to have the legs broken and the bodies taken away. Consequently, the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first man who had been crucified and then of the other. When they came to Jesus, they found he was already dead. So instead of breaking his legs, one of the soldiers pierced his side with a lance. And immediately there came out blood and water. This is the evidence of one who saw it. Trustworthy evidence. And he knows he speaks the truth. 
and he gives it so that you may believe as well. Because all this happened to fulfill the words of Scripture. Not one bone of his will be broken. And again in another place, Scripture says, they will look on the one whom they have pierced. After this, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, though a secret one because he was afraid of the Jews, asked Pilate to let him remove the body of Jesus. Pilate gave permission, so they came and took it away. Nicodemus came as well, the same one who had first come to Jesus at night time. And he brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, weighing about a hundred pounds. They took the body of Jesus and wrapped it with the spices and linen cloths following the Jewish burial custom. The place where he had been crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb in which no one had yet been buried. Since it was the Jewish day of preparation, and the tomb was near at hand. They laid Jesus there. If last evening the Mass of the Lord's Supper, if that was a time of intimacy and tenderness, Today is a time of violence and the shattering of love. A day of violence and the shattering of love. It's for this reason, if you saw the little clip before Mass, or before this liturgy rather, you will have heard me say that this is the only day that the bishop does not wear his ring or he doesn't use his pastoral staff because Jesus, our shepherd, has been taken from us. Love has been shattered. And many of us have experienced that in our lives, haven't it? Those moments when someone we love has been taken from us, where our love has been shattered. Maybe it was our spouse parent, a child. Maybe it was a really close, close friend, someone who has meant so much to us. And often in those times, particularly if we're journeying with them towards death, we would give anything 
to be able to trade places with them. Let it happen to me, not them. And that's what exactly what Jesus does. He takes our place. He steps into that moment of suffering. He steps into the violence of suffering and, and death. But instead of shattering love, he shatters death. Did you notice towards the end of the readings that suddenly the gospel reading, everything changed. The violence that had been there, the shattering of love that was the journey of crucifixion, suddenly it changed. When Jesus looked down from the cross on his mother and on the disciple John, the disciple John, the only one of those men who escaped lockdown to see Jesus' journey to the end. It was only the women who were there. But there's this beautiful moment of intimacy when Jesus, seeing his mother, seeing the disciple he loved, he said to Mary, Woman, this is your son. And then to John the disciple he said, This is your mother. It's a moment of intimacy, of tenderness. And so too, when Jesus breathed his last, it is accomplished, he says, and gives up his spirit. He pours out his spirit on the world. It's a moment of intimacy and tenderness. For every one of us who have lost loved ones, as Jesus breathes his last, he breathes his, his breath into them because he is the one who conquers sin and death. Too often we look at the cross and Jesus hang on there and we are made to feel guilty that we're not good enough. And yet the absolute opposite is true, that Jesus' act on the cross is giving of himself, this is my body given for you are words of intimacy, love. No one is beyond that love. There is nothing that we could possibly do in this life that separates us from this love of Christ. And then there's some more tenderness. When Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus take the body of Jesus and lay him in a tomb. It's a bit like when we go to visit a grave. 
someone that we love. We do it because of the great love we had for them. Just a few days before lockdown, I was able to visit my parents' grave on the West Coast. And I don't know about you, but the longer they've been gone, the more I miss them. And at the grave, I wept. And I think when we weep for our loved ones, that reveals something of the heart of God within us. Because God doesn't want death to be the end either. And we don't want it to be the end. And so Jesus gives himself for us so that sharing the fullness of our humanity from conception to death, that we might be united with him in experiencing resurrection and eternal life.